0: Hi, everyone. Remaining. Welcome to The Daily Happy. Today is Friday, March 24th, 2023. I'm Allison Burns. I'm Lulu Picard. Whether you're waking up or winding down, we want to be there for you. Yes, and you can be there for us by leaving us a review. We
1: would love it. So wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, just pop on over there. And if you're like, I get it, I've done it. Listen to us on another player and do it over there. You know what I mean? Feel your spouse's phone and leave us a
0: review, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, But also be honest. True. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. All right. So have you heard about this giant seaweed blob that's twice the width of the United States that's taking aim at Florida?
1: Yes, we talked about it last week. Yeah, right. But the update of it, how it's like here. Oh, no, I didn't know that it was here. Yeah. So what is
0: that? I knew that it was coming, but what does that now mean that it's here? Well, they're worried about a lot of different things. OK. OK. Well, and what's funny is in this article, one of the things is canceled events. Oh, <laughs> OK. OK. <laughs> right. OK. But they're also worried about marine life, obviously. Mm hmm. And I guess it's a big cleanup issue. Oh, they have to go in and actually remove it? Yeah. And then where do you put that much seaweed? That's the question. So they said, basically, like, this is, it's critical right now. They, like, on this article, everything is red. And it's like, we're in critical, like, here it comes, right? Uh, And I didn't know, too, that it takes a long time for all of these seaweed things to bloom. So this all started in 2018. In what they call the big bloom.
1: They've been watching this
0: for however many years. That is five years. Yeah. Okay. 2018. And okay. they said this blanket of seaweed has been growing and now it's the largest bloom ever in history. Well, why didn't they break it up in 2018? Well, I I don't think they knew. Like, I think they were like, let's see. And also, let me say this about scientists. Okay. I think there's a part of them that loves this because they love to break records. So just like we talked about it a few weeks ago or a few days ago, them seeing this climate change. Yes. Okay. They want to try to fix it. But also, I think they're like, oh, look this bloom could top last year's bloom. Let's see if it's going to happen. You think their curiosity is like getting in the way? I do. And that's a bold statement to science. Yes, it is. But I do. I feel like some of them, and not that it's in like a negative way or they're trying to like hurt anybody or whatever, but I do think that they wait and see if they can break records because that's exciting. If you were in the science room, the seaweed science room, and you're like, while I'm the seaweed scientist, it's the biggest bloom ever. Of course, you're going to want that. Yeah, I guess
1: so. But yeah. they also must be the people that would know all those consequences that would come from it, right? Sure,
0: which we talked about, canceled events. But also, I guess they, events. <laughs> they can ensnare boats. Yeah. And, and I guess there's, well, and I know this, but there's lots of machinery in the water that help just keep things going in our world. In the normal water? In the normal water. In There's the ocean water. Machinery. We just have machines down there. Yeah. Do you see stressed out about these fish? Well, here's the thing. Maybe Mother Nature is like, oh yeah, machines, look, I'm gonna create the biggest plume you've ever seen and ensnare your machines. That's right. It's like stop it. Get out of my water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's some things happening in the oceans. Just beware, you guys, especially, I guess, if you're on the Florida coast. I don't know where it's going to hit first, but watch out for that. All right. Be careful, everybody. Be careful. Speaking River. about being careful, this is on the opposite side of the U.S., but still be careful. If you're not dealing with seaweed, you might be dealing with snow drifts. And did you hear about this? Mountain photographer who got snuck, snuck, stuck in a snowdrift while trying to rescue another stranded vehicle. And they were on this remote road in Oregon. Well, now they're all stuck and they can't get out and they don't have cell service. So, what this guy did, his name's Casey. He's Uh a a mountain photographer. He had a drone, he attached his iPhone. To the underside of the camera drone, uh huh. He went to send a text and click send, and you know how it'll like try to send, but it doesn't get service. So yeah, send, and then he sent it up in the air to try to find a signal. Sure, SOS would send, and it worked. He managed to get a signal above the tree line, and he was able to call or like send the the SOS. I don't know who he was saying. Oh, his friend. And tell him where they were. And (gasps) his friend got the SOS text. That's amazing. Would have never thought of that. That's amazing. You I think you actually would have thought of that. I guess if I had a drone, yeah, you're right. If you had the drone. Yeah. Because you're right. If I didn't have the drone, my instinct would be to find high ground. And I would probably try to climb a tree or scale a mountain with my phone. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And it says that the drone was not designed to carry a bulky phone, and sure. they were my. And so once it came back down, they were mind boggled. They said that they saw that it had worked and the message had sent. Isn't that crazy? I think that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really really cool. And so the officers in that area were alerted, and they arrived late. In the morning to rescue them, but they were there for like 24 hours. But they got them. They did get them. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I also think it's something MacGyver would have done. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. I think that was my allure with MacGyver. Not only did I have like a huge celebrity crush on the man as a kid, (laughs) but he always knew how to get out of bad situations. And I feel like that's what kind of prompted me as a kid to be like, I got to figure out. Everywhere that I am, how to get out of these bad situations in case. And if I only have tweezers and a (laughs) jar of peanut butter, how would I do it? That sounds very much you. And
1: I was like, I need to make sure I have a friend like MacGyver.
0: (laughs) You did that too. (laughs) Uh, Okay, here's another story has nothing to do with... uh, parts of the U.S. or safety, but it's pretty cool. And okay. in fact, it's so cool. As I start to talk about it, I'm actually going to send you the picture, Lulu, at, of what I'm talking about because I need you to see what this is. Okay. But I'm okay. not going to hit send until I talk about it because I don't want you to see it early. Okay. Oh, okay. There is a great-grandmother who lives Two in the U.K. remaining. She just created... A six foot long Buckingham Palace like remake, but it's entirely made out of wool. She knitted it. Well, I just got your picture. Hold on. You think it's something silly. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. It's giant. It's huge and it's detailed and it's amazing and it's all wool. I was clean and I was shook. Wait, are these trees made out of wool? Yes, everything. A little guard shack. Yes, the people. And guess what? She only took up knitting ten years ago, and it didn't even take her that long. Like, how long do you think it took Grandma, Great Grandma Margaret, to knit this model? If you had to guess.
1: I don't, I, I, I don't have a concept of knitting, so I don't know. I'm going to say a month. Oh, okay. See, I thought it would take years. I was like, "Well, I don't know." See, listen, this is I, the stress that I had when you said how many minutes, because I was, I, I was like, I don't know how how long she knits per day. I don't know if her hands hurt. I don't know if she has to take breaks. I don't know how focused she is. I don't know if she has another hobby. I don't know if people come over all the time. Like, I don't, I don't remaining. know about this
0: woman and how she knits. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Well, it took her eight months. I'm so sorry. I said a month. I meant yeah. eight. I meant eight. But she's used this craft as well to raise over $120,000 for charities. And now people like know her. And she says when she sits in the car and she'll be knitting in the car, people will come over and knock on the window and be like, are you the lady that does the knitting? And she says, but I don't feel any different at all. I'm still Margaret.